Hey everyone, welcome to Unstoppable. My name is Ralph Graves Jr. and my passion is seeing you experience life transformation. Every week on this show, I will bring you inspirational stories of some of the most unstoppable people on the planet. I can't wait to share these stories with you and I hope that you'll share them with your friends. If you're looking to join the Unstoppable community and receive weekly lessons challenging you to live your best life, why don't you join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Okay, let's dive in. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Grace Jr. So glad to have you guys on. You guys could be listening to anybody, but you're not. You're listening to this. And I'm excited today because I have a woman on here today who is doing phenomenal things. Ladies and gentlemen, Apollonia Rockwell. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm so I am equally as excited to be here today. Holy smokes. Just our conversation offline has already been really cool, really interesting. So I'm just really happy to be here. I'm so glad to have you here. Now, Apollonia, guys, she's the owner and founder of True Safety Services. Now, her story is unique, but uh, let's tell the audience what True Safety Services is and who you guys service and what industry you're in. Absolutely. So True Safety, we're a Colorado-based company, and we are an occupational health and safety company. So pretty much what we do is we help workers make it home safely to their families. And we do that through safety training. We do that through safety consulting, kind of the two buckets that we play in. And we service primarily construction industries and oil and gas industries. A little bit of trucking and manufacturing and the big plants, but mainly construction construction oil and gas. Wow. Wow. So it's, it's wild. <laughs> I know it's, I, I can imagine now I know it's male dominated for sure, uh, but before we even get to that, how did you get into occupational health and safety? Yes. So it's kind of a crazy story, but I grew up in the oil and gas industry. My dad worked in oil and gas. And actually the first funeral that I ever attended as a third grader was my dad's best friend. And it's just one of, you know, those first vivid memories that you have. And um, I had a third grader buddy and it was his dad was best friends with my dad. And one day I came home and my dad said, well, um, so-and-so, you know, I mean, I I guess I won't share the name, uh, passed away on the job this morning. Yeah. And I, I didn't understand really what that meant. And then just going through the emotions of the funeral, seeing his son, he left behind a son and two daughters and a wife. And at that moment, no, did I think I'm going to be a safety professional? No, that wasn't the story. I just remember thinking, so my dad can go to work and die on the job, not come home. Like that's what I did know. And I, I realized that people that that is a common story. That's unfortunately a common story for a lot of people yeah. is that their, their dad or their mom, they're not so much all the time. It's a fatality, but an injury, a significant injury on the job. And that, that was, I was just accepted. So mm-hmm. I was really curious about all that. So from a young age, it, it, it they, they kind of drew you into that. So you received, you know, you said, I, this is what I want to do. I want to help men and women get home. That that's, that's something else. I mean, not many people know what they want to do between third and fifth grade. 
No, no. And by, yeah, by all means, I wasn't like, I want to be a safety professional, but I was really curious, I guess. I was just really curious. How does my dad, you know, he was really, it was, he was cool. Him and the the gentleman that passed away, they would come in and do our third grade field trips with their mullets and their cutoffs and their dirty jeans tucked in the boots. They were like the rock stars of the classroom. And they were just the cool guys like oil and gas in our industry, in our community was just really cool. And, and I just thought, how is this happening? And I was, I always wanted to be close to my dad. He traveled a lot. His work schedule was mainly two weeks on, two weeks off throughout my whole life, missed a lot of birthdays, holidays just to provide for us. And so I was just really intrigued with, with this industry. And I realized it's a, it's a highly hazardous industry and how, how is safety still not cool? I mean, you could probably imagine to this day, OSHA and safety and regulations is just not cool. It's not fun, but at the same time, people are not making it home from work still. I must admit, I must admit, um, you know, I'm a retired police officer that, you know, when people, when we showed up, people called us. But in your professional, when they see you guys show up, nobody really wants to see you guys show nobody up. Nobody wants to see us. People rather gouge their eyeballs out than be in a safety meeting because they're typically yeah. so boring. So it was like, how do I, how do I make safety fun? How do I make safety interesting? And most importantly, how do we make it impactful? Yeah. How can I break into an industry and make it so that the guys and girls in the field actually want to be there? They're actually taking away tools from safety meetings and they're applying it out on the out on the job site that'll actually save their life or save the person that they're working next to. Yeah. So that was my big mission. I was in I was in college working for an oil and gas company my first time. Um, and I was a, I was safety director for this oil and gas construction type of company. And I was, I asked my boss, like, what do I, what am I supposed to do? All right. I got the job. I'm a safety professional. And I'll never forget what he said. He was like, figure it the F out. And I was like, okay. Okay. And I was like, all right. So I, I dug on the website, dug on Google. How do I get a safety program up and going? How do I figure it out? Yeah. How do I figure the <laughs> F out about safety? That's yeah. what I Googled. Yeah. And uh, I, I learned through what this, the company I was at, they were using safety consultants at the time. So I learned kind of what not to do because we had safety consultants come in, do the typical safety meeting. You've been through them a million times. I mean, it was, everyone's bored out of their mind. So I'm like, all right, I know, no, I know what not to do. So I just ha- was passionate and on a mission to make it work. So, so, so before we talk about how you did that, cause I know you're, you, you started your own company. What led you to start the own com- your own company? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I want to talk about some of the ways you make a safety meeting fun. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, how true safety was born was I got a phone call from an unknown North Dakota number and I answered. And oh, you answered a- unknown numbers? I still don't answer unknown numbers. Good for you. 
See what happens? If I answer an unknown number, I might be able to start another business. That's the key takeaway for the listeners today is exactly that. So I answer this North Dakota area code and it's a owner of a North Dakota company who's operating in Colorado. And he's like, Hey, I got your number from your boss. I have a a guy in my passenger seat right now. And he's, uh, he, he mangled off both of his hands and we're not from here. And he's bleeding out in my car. Where do I go? And I was like, um, I'm, I'm in college and I'm like, uh, Northern Colorado medical health. And he was like, all right, can you meet us there? And I'm like, yes, I will meet you there. And then, so long story short, this, um, gentleman, if you could only imagine being in the most painful, fragile state of your life and, He's in an unknown territory. You know, imagine you're injured and you're not at home. You're in a different state with a different hospital. You don't even know what the hell's going on. Right. And so I meet this this guy and he has both of his hands curled up. He's in so much pain. There's blood dripping everywhere. I run him into the emergency room, um, get him um, back with a hand surgeon. I get him back with a doctor and it's just me and this injured employee. And he finally you know, starts talking and he's shaking. And, um, and the, when all the initial shock happened after that was all passed, the doctor's like, all right, when we take these gloves off, Mm. I just want to prepare you Mm. that we don't know if your fingers, if, if, if it's going to be attached or not. And we don't, we don't know what, what, so we just want to prepare you for that. So I'm sitting with a stranger and I'm like, how did I get myself here? So long story short, you answer the unknown number. I answer the unknown number 30 (laughs) minutes later. I'm at the emergency room with this guy. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it was, you know, to see a grown man, you know, he's a father he's just crying in so much pain and, I, I knew that this is what I was meant to be doing. I knew that this is who I was meant to be serving because it, you know, this, this was all doing the accident investigation for this, um, was unbelievable. I mean, he had gotten into a fight that morning with his coworker. I'm doing the incident investigation and I'm like, all right, so how'd the morning start? And he's like, well, I punched my coworker in the face. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, what happened? And he's like, he stole my Sprite that morning. And I'm like, all right, you stole, he, somebody stole your Sprite. Um, you punched him in the wow. face over wow. this. So wow. there was like a bunch of things going on that, so stupid things, right? Like yeah. little things. Yeah. So that owner, obviously, after this whole incident was said and done, he's like, I want to hire you. And I was like, no, my boss is awesome. I love my company. I'm a safety director here. And uh, long story short, my boss at the time, such a gem. And he was like, Apollonia, I know you meant to do this. If you want to do this on the side, then I'll allow you to. And if you want to work weekends and evenings and early mornings, go for it instead of parting with your college friends and like having a normal 19 year old life, like you could go do that. And I was like, all right, well, that's how it began. So I just, I started taking on consulting clients, uh, worked every Saturday and Sunday teaching classes, oil and gas classes, like safe land, first aid, H2S, and didn't have a social life. And I was sad about it, but I also loved who I was serving. Like I genuinely did. And that's how true. And and that's what I want to talk about. You use the word 
serve. A lot of people approach starting businesses as I can do this to get rich. I can do no. this to get paid. I can do this oh, no. you know, to add some significance to my life. I love the fact that you said you were sitting in there with a stranger, hands mangled, mm-hmm. and it just hit you. This is who this is I'm him. called to serve. I'm getting goosebumps right now as you're saying that because it takes me to the hospital room it yeah. takes me in front of him it takes me I'll never forget hearing him when the when the hand surgery when all that he went through all that and the nurse was like all right um you can make a phone call now this is let's start calling your family and they're like we're gonna need to a uh, we're gonna need to assist you in all this because you yeah. know both of his hands are wrapped up now yeah. So he's like, you can't even call, he couldn't even call his mom. He couldn't use the restroom on his own. I mean, his life for a short period of time, I mean, six months, it was altered because of something so preventable. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll never, and he's not from here. It was just, it was crazy. So, and I deal with that all the time. And I just knew that this was my calling. So, so what would you say to the listeners when they, they could be working in something that they, they're just making money, Mm -hmm. making ends meet, Mm -hmm. but when they feel they're, when they feel that call to serve Mm -hmm. in a certain area or to step out on faith, like you did, and just, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. How would you encourage someone who, because somebody listening right now has heard that calling to serve in a specific area that they're not serving in yet. You encourage them. How, what would you say to them? I would say that you have more hustle in you than you even imagine. And if you are working a nine to five right now, I will not be the one that tells you to quit your nine to five next Monday <laughs> and to go all out. You know, a lot of people will tell you that, and that might be the route. It might be the route that it's, you know, you need to do that. What I would suggest is that you have more hustle in you and you can work after your job instead of watching Netflix and instead of doing whatever the hell after hours. And yeah, it is freaking hard and you are going to be tired and you do have to, you know, balance sleep. And I'm not saying don't get sleep, but there, if you really looked at the time in your day, I feel like that's something that my mom really instilled in me. If you really mapped out every minute of your day, you have time to start working on your, your hustle, your passion project on the weekends, um, during, you know, work hours, if you can, um, emails and things like that are after work. So you could, dive into it while still maintaining your security of your full-time job. You're talking great stuff right now. You are speaking to me. You are speaking my language. I like what you said about what we call time blocking, you know, just block out the time, turn off the TV, you know, after that nine to five, then, then that, that six to two. Can (laughs) be. That that six to two AM. That's your time. Yeah, because who's missing out? You need to ask yourself this, listeners. Who misses out when you fall short on who you're meant to be? Yeah. Who, the people that you're called to serve, and you know who you are called to serve. Like you said, people have had um, an experience, a moment, um, a glimpse where it's like, whoa, I just got a lot of energy doing that. 
I just got a lot of energy serving that group of people or whatever it was. Maybe I should, maybe I should dive into that. Who loses out when you don't go all out on your dreams Wow! and you, and that includes your family. And that includes the people that you're, that you're meant to serve because you're afraid or you're making up so many excuses as to why you can't. And, you know, I don't, I don't have a victim mentality. I think that that's yeah. something I was raised with was yeah. full ownership and everything you do in everything that you experience in life and having ownership of it. But you have to start with taking ownership of your life and your time and your day and making it your responsibility to make your dreams come true. This is why I had to have you on the Unstoppable program, because this is the mindset that that one must have. And, and that, that we talk about on this program, you know, you 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 got to get after it. You have to get used to being uncomfortable. Be comfortable yeah. with being uncomfortable. We've heard that said a thousand times. And so, so tell me how you make safety enjoyable. I mean, even, oh. even as a police officer, when we had to sit through, all right, you know, if we had to answer a call at a plant or at a construction site, set up an incident command, we'd have to sit with you guys for a moment. And, uh, yeah. So people are looking at me like, Sarge, can we leave? And I'm like, oh, sit still. But inside, I'm like, they're killing me. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny with your background because I'll use a term that may that will resonate. But um, so our philosophy, my philosophy when starting the company is I saw safety professionals come in and be the safety cop. Yeah. And they yeah. were the arrogant jerk that would come on site and they would tell my workers what to do because they were the know-it-all and my welders and my truck drivers and my guys in the field were like f you You have no idea what i've been through you have no idea what it's like to work in the conditions that i work in so i'm not going to listen to you so i'm like okay that's the challenge i'm a college aged girl how am I going to make a difference if these safety, I mean, I know the safety cop way is not to do, not the right. way to do it. So how in the world am I going to make a difference? Bing. After it all came to me, we are in the people business. We're in yeah. the people industry. Sure. So what do I need to do? I need to talk to people. So I started getting stories and I started connecting with the guys and girls in the field. And once they realize that you actually give a shit about them, that's right. And once they realize that you're there to serve them, here's how to make this, here's how to answer your question. How do I make safety meetings fun? I'm not the know-it-all. I'm not the subject matter expert in the room when it comes to their craft and industry. Yeah. So what I do is I'm the I'm the specialist in facilitating great conversations. So if we're talking about first aid, even in, in, in a group of police officers. So I've never, I've never taught a first aid class for police officers, but if I did, here's how I would do it. Cause yeah, I would talk about the, I would talk about the basics. I'll talk about what American Red Cross teaches us, but I would say, Hey, I would break everybody into groups. What, what have you experienced and what have you seen in this area? And in your group, you're going to talk about how you've combated that and how did that look like? And what did that incident look and feel like? And what, what did you guys do about it? Yeah. So that way the most experienced person in the room 
is so excited, right? Because right. they don't even want right. to be in training. They already complained about this is their <laughs> 20 millionth time taking first aid and now it's for the birds. Yeah. Now they're able to share their story and experience with the new team member in these little breakout sessions and everyone's learning from each other versus me thinking I know it all. Yeah. You've you've taken the approach that one of my mentors and and it's not a new saying. We've heard it around for years. Um, No one knows. No one cares how much, you know, they just want to know that you care. Yeah, I really believe that. Once I find out that Apollonia and her team cares about me, I'm going to probably listen to everything she says. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. it's the same way with with anyone who's an influencer, anyone who's teaching something. And I, I love that approach that you take. And yeah, yeah, with that approach, I could see how you get all the respect in the room. They don't mind yeah. being there. You know, you I, yeah, I could see how that how that really works. How that really well, especially works. in your industry in, in that industry too. I could only imagine um, you know, people needing to use their authority sometime in some situations to really you know, state your ground yeah. and much more severe in your industry than, than the safety industry. But I knew that by, by acting tough at, in that moment, you know, in front of a, a crowd of a hundred employees, a hundred guys, you yeah. know, like how, am, how are they going to take me serious? Yeah. And it wasn't by being this rough and tough and I know it all. And I'm going to be, you know, rude and egotistical about it. As I, I just, I saw that that didn't work, but if mm-hmm. I can give the respect back to the people in the room, yeah. make them the subject matter experts because they are, and then get them to share their stories, their solutions. They have the solutions. Yeah. <laughs> they already yeah. know what to do. Sure. So yeah. That's, that's the, that's the approach. And I love what you said. You just, it, it came from a place of deep caring and deep passion for people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would say is what so got on, me to this On the point. behalf of, of everyone out there, if no one tells you, I really thank you for doing what you do and, and people who do what you do. Um, you, you need safety professionals around. You, you really do. You, you really yeah. do. And, and thank you for doing it on a high level. Now, I, I need to ask a couple of questions. Now, do you have, I don't believe in this word, failure. I mean, I, I know it happens, but I believe their failures, um, you know, they set us up for later success. Oh my gosh. Yes. You're speaking you, my language. <laughs> yep. I agree do, you with you. A, do you have a favorite failure that set you up for later success? Gosh, it's like so many. Where do I begin? Um, you know, even starting in the safety industry, I, I, I'll never forget teaching a first first couple safety meetings. And mm-hmm. after, you know, I'm so excited. You could be in the same situation where you're passionate about the industry. You're passionate about this new job. You're so excited. And then my boss pulls me aside after the safety meeting and was like, Hey, Apollonia. So I'm going to need you, you to record yourself so that you can also see how horrible you are through my eyes. Like, wow. And that's the clean version. I mean, it was like, you are so effing terrible. I would love for you to record yourself so you can see (laughs) just how terrible. And I was like, all right. And I went to my car and I cried and I was like, wow, I'm a failure. I've let, and he would always remind me, just so you know, this safety meeting costs $50,000. Like he would always remind having those employees unbillable and he's paying for everyone's hourly wage to be in there. Yeah. So $50,000 safety meeting. He's like that. You just wasted. 
<laughs> so yeah. Yeah. um he's a real I, encourager <laughs> but set me up i would say set me up um built a lot of character you know through through all those those talks but you know something like that where you're you're starting something new you're starting something exciting and then the career, whatever the client punches you in the face. Yeah. I would, you know, I could have just crumbled and been like, this is, this is a sign that I'm not meant to be where I'm meant to be, but I stayed, yeah, I stayed on the path. I made adjustments to what I was, what I was doing. Yeah. Cause it was true. I was at that time doing the safety meetings where I was the subject matter expert. I'm talking off a of PowerPoint for an hour Well, yeah, that wasn't good. So being open to feedback and being open to change and growth is really important because it doesn't matter if that was that experience or to this day, getting, uh, getting fired by a client. It's like tough things are going to happen all the time. Employees are going to quit. Um, that's devastating losing clients. That's devastating. And just having the resiliency to just keep going is really important. Yeah. Yeah. You you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. You you can. People are going to leave. I say this all the time. Some people come for a season. Some people come to stay. Some people come for a reason. Not everybody stays. Not everybody's going to keep you on as as uh, they're, you know, you're going to lose clients. I mean, we we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what he did tell you, even though they told you, you know, in that manner, that was good advice. It was. Tape yourself. Watch yourself. I mean, you know, I learned that from the football field being in or, or being in the coach's room. We would watch film film session. I don't care how well you did on Friday night, how well you did Saturday in that collegiate game. Come film session. You did everything wrong. <laughs> See, and I'm not an athlete. I wouldn't know, but yeah. In film session, you did everything wrong. Everything <laughs> wrong. And so, you know, but but that's good. I love what you said about the perseverance. And and you know, how do you feel about this statement? I try to tell people, and I, you know, even when you're doing what you know you were created to do and serving people, you break through at the bottom, not at the top. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. break through at the top of your game. You break through at the lowest level. Yeah. Every level that you go through, every level that you break through on, you break through at the bottom. Yeah. You don't break through at the top. You know, and (laughs) so you just got to, you got to stay at it. You got to persevere. You got to, you got to, you got to be unstoppable. You have to be unstoppable (laughs) if you want to. If you want to leave a legacy, which every one of us are created to do in a big or small or whatever way that looks like, you are meant to do something great on this planet during our time here on earth. I really believe that there is greatness in every single one of us. And there's going to be so, and I love what you said, even if you're doing what you're meant to be doing, you are going to be thrown major challenges and major setbacks that you are going to want to give up. And that doesn't mean that you're not on the right path. It just means you need to find a new way because I believe in what you're saying. There is no such thing as failure that you just have to keep going. There is another way. And I've always believed that I have never believed that when one door closes, I, I, you know, I'm sitting and contemplating as a leader, you have to know that you have to keep going and encourage the team to do the same. Because if you let a setback, 
really put you in a, you know, a mood or a funk or whatever it is, how can you lead others, you know, with that mindset? So, yeah. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this in the past couple of years or maybe the past one or two years, because we know to get to where we are, to get to where you are, especially right now, you know what you do. There are a lot of things you had to say no to, you know, oh a lot God. of things you had to say no to. So yes. what, have you, what have you become better at saying no to? Oh my goodness. Um, what applies directly to my industry and what we do is um, different line items, different um different service divisions that we had in the company. So this is taking on like drug and alcohol. I mean, this is like very granular, very specific for your audience, but for true safety specifically, it was, you know, joining it, joining different committees going after that, not providing drug and alcohol service. We did a cost analysis on what we were making money at, what we were losing money at. And even though I wanted to be the one-stop shop that did everything, everything and all safety. It's like, no, we had to get smart and we had to focus in on our core services, which was really difficult because I know you have business um, owners and leaders listening. And I'm the person that I'm I'm like, I'll say yes to everything. Like I will get all the work and I'll say yes. But because of that, that's gotten us in situations where we don't have subject matter experts, you know, doing a, a job flawlessly all because I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So, you know, drug and alcohol testing, that's one thing that we had to say no to. Finally, we shut that down, shut yeah. that service line item down right. to be specific. Um, we had to let a few clients go because we were billing at an unprofitable rate. Yeah. And, you know, I just did it to be nice and I did it to just, you know, help and serve and do, you know, just try to help. And it just, I I had to think bigger than myself and I had to think, I have to take care of my employees long-term. And what that means is having healthy revenue streams. So there's a lot of little things that I have to say no to business. Um, And then, and on the personal side too, I mean, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. That's the committee piece. That's like saying no to things that don't serve me time-wise because I'm a mom. I have a two-year-old, which is so crazy. I have Uh, a two-year-old and I'm nine months pregnant right now. I'm literally going to have a baby next week. (laughs) I'm not joking. (laughs) I'm I'm getting induced next Friday. Wow. So I have to be, and I know your, your mom's listening, all the mamas listening, working on their side hustle or they're doing it full time, whatever it is. Yeah, mom or dad, really. But, you know, I'm a mom, so I could speak to that. It's just that there's a lot you have to say no to if you want to. um, I hate the word balance because I don't believe in it. Um, But I feel like moms have a lot of pressure to, you know, be there, like be 100 percent present with the family and the mom guilt that sometimes we get about, you know, following work passions and and things like that. So that's just in order to have, in order to do it all in a sense, there's a lot you have to say no to. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I got to have you back to talk about not believing in balance. I don't believe in balance either. Okay. Um, Okay. I I don't, I, because something is neglected no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Something is neglected, but I can't have you back Mm -hmm. until after we get the baby situated and <laughs> six weeks, I, you know, I'll give you my, my wife is a, a labor and delivery professional nurse. Oh my 
goodness. Yeah, yeah. so I, 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 she's going to tell me, you're going to have to give her longer than six weeks. So I'm, I'm going to give you longer <laughs> than six weeks, but we'll definitely have you back. But last question I want to ask you, it's always something I, I try to ask uh, my guests that are on. If you could have a billboard anywhere in the country, where would it be? And what would that billboard say? Oh my gosh, that is such a great question. <laughs> um, and it could say anything. It, it's this is they're they're hearing this from Apollonia Rockwell. They this is what will they hear from you? You have an opportunity to put this up publicly anywhere you want. What do you want it to say? You know what? I'm just going to go with my intuition. My first, my first, you know, the business side of me definitely wants to speak, but I'm actually just going to speak from the Apollonia. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear the heart of Apollonia. The heart of Apollonia would have a black billboard, probably by DIA. I'm in Colorado. So by our Denver International Airport. And it would say it's already yours. Wow. And it wouldn't have a contact <laughs> to me. It wouldn't have a phone number to me. It would say, wow. it's already yours. Because when you think that your dreams are so unattainable, that was someone else's dream. That was, uh, I, I wasn't built to do anything great. I want people to know. I'm getting chills just saying this. Oh, but girl listening, guy listening, it's already yours. God already uh, gave it to you. And you were meant to do something great on this planet. So I would just remind people of that. Now, I've heard a lot of them. And I'm going to tell you what, that moved me because (laughs) I believe that. Man, what a thing to say. What a thing to say. Now, how can my listeners find you? How can they link up through you? I know you're on LinkedIn, but but how can they they follow you somewhere? Or or if they have questions for you, how can they? How can they get a hold of you or how can they? I'm a little bit lucky on this end that everything is Apollonia Rockwell. And I think there's only one. (laughs) So on any platform, um, TikTok, LinkedIn, I'm not, I should be active on TikTok and I'm not, but Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook, it's all Apollonia Rockwell. Apollonia Rockwell, ladies and gentlemen, reach out to her. Um, you, you've heard her story. Definitely, thank you for your time. Thank you for being part of the Unstoppable Podcast. Thank you for pouring into us and serving us in this way. Thank, thank you. For- I'm just, I'm just grateful to have connected with an amazing human like yourself and your audience. I'm mm-hmm. glad we just had a, you know, a chance to chat. So, thank you, everyone, for listening. Time. Yeah, this will not be the last time. Will not be the last time. I hope and, not. Uh, thank you for keeping all the American workers safe and. Uh, and, and doing what you do. Guys, you've been listening to Unstoppable. My name is Ralph Graves. Listen, go to my website, Ralph at ralphgravesjr.com. You can grab a copy of my book, Unstoppable, some other merchandise there. You can become part of the Unstoppable community. You'll see training videos and things like that. But guys, um, share this with somebody. Let them know that they too can be unstoppable. Tell them mm-hmm. about tell them about Apollonia Rockwell and what you heard on here today. Guys, let's be unstoppable together. I'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this unstoppable conversation. I want to make a special invitation to you to join the conversation. Every week, we record these conversations live on Fireside. It's a platform that gives you the opportunity to engage with and ask questions to your favorite podcast live. 
If you want to join us on Fireside and ask our guests the questions you have about their story, head to firesidechat.com backslash Ralph Graves Jr. and click request access. This is your chance to join the interview. Also, guys, I want to invite you to join the Unstoppable community at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Every week, I share challenging lessons and reflection questions so that you can see the transformation in your life that you know is coming. If you can take just 30 minutes of your week to reflect on these questions, I guarantee you'll be on your way to living the unstoppable life you were made for. Join me at ralphgravesjr.com backslash community. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Unstoppable with Ralph Graves Jr.